Podcast is about taking media action, find the problem, fix the problem. This is your opportunity. It's either a hell yes or a fuck no. It's that simple. <laughs> now is the time to take action. Now's the time to do more and be more. Listen to this. I got a guy here right now. He's he's working on my house. We had two bats fly in. We found two bats in my living room one day when we got up. Then I found a dead one the other day. So the pest control guy comes here. They go in under your soffit. They can fit into like a spot like as big as your finger. And then mm-hmm. they live in the walls of your house. And then at night they fly out. They don't they don't intend to come in your house, but that sometimes they find their way in there. So now I got them sealing everything because i am not like danny was fine with it but i was freaked out as hell man <laughs> homeowner life never yeah. my never my life did i think and you know they're uh apparently they're endangered species so you can't even do any like not that i'd be up there trying to kill these things anyway but fucked up man just just your bats or all bats in general i i feel like they're endangered in the states too like somebody was telling me that they have a property in michigan it's like a ten thousand dollar fine to kill a bat whoops yeah whoops (laughs) stop record stop record yeah pretty much (laughs) so what's new with you fucking nothing dude same shit as always yeah yeah like talking to happy people every single day so for those that we didn't intro you, I guess people should recognize your voice by now. You're now the most uh, most episodes on the on the Tango One podcast. So we got Jason Gussick with me from uh, Applied Strength Conditioning. Uh, also, not anymore. I what? closed the gym. I closed the gym. Remember? Jesus, like I didn't yeah, now it's actually just, now closed it's, it though. I thought it was just yeah. Like you a, can't shut you can't shut down a consulting company that just has some gym equipment in a room, but you can shut a gym down. So now we're not a gym. Just a consulting company and people come yep. to demo the equipment. That, yep. Genius. <laughs> Genius. Maybe that's what garage gym's going to become. Yeah. Well, the, the Elon Musk thing on Joe Rogan, and you know how I, like, I don't know a lot of stuff, but I get pretty, like, a false sense of confidence. But when he's talking about, like, Joe Rogan's like, so you're digging those tunnels. And he's like, I'm not digging tunnels. You need a permit to dig tunnels. He's like, I'm just, I'm just digging some holes. So... I don't need a permit to dig a hole. And Joe Rogan's just confused as shit. He's like, what? That made a lot of sense to me. So I'm like, wait, you can't shut down. I'm not a gym. This is just some gym equipment in a room. Duh. In a room. And yeah, yeah it's so not like they can like go through your books and find transactions or nothing, right? It's just. I'm, I'm sure this is going to backfire, but it seems like it makes sense now. So now there's no more gym. <laughs> <laughs> Good for you. So, okay. So now of the consulting business. <laughs> uh, what about uh so is that why are they shutting gyms down again where you are no but now if they do like you can't shut me down because i'm not a gym 
Yeah, have you been hearing about this fourth wave nonsense? That's what we keep hearing is end of September, they're gonna try and close us again. Nah, I've pretty much just given up, bro. <laughs> That's why I've got a consulting company. Don't need a permit to do, don't need a permit to dig a hole. Yeah. <laughs> so what's new then? What's new in the world of uh, consulting? What's new in the world of Westside Tactical, everything? It's the same, buddy. Just more of the same uh, week to week. We're going out to Camp Pendleton in September to talk to some Marines and then hopefully jump up north and talk to some Navy dudes we know. I think it's north. Um, then Houston. Oh, then the following weekend, we're in North Carolina to do a, another private for uh, some dudes out there. Then October, we're mid to late October, we're back down in Houston for the coaches course for the year. And that pretty much wraps up our, our year as far as the seminar stuff goes. And everything else is just trucking right along. The, most of the folks that are a little bit heavily involved in this stuff, more so than just, uh, you know, like doing their thing, whatever, whatever you want to call it, but folks that have really taken the ball and run with it by design, have, they're up to more cool stuff than we are. So definitely a, a neat time for it. And then it's just more of the same here, running the, you know, the showroom here that has gym equipment in it and just doing the family thing. Yeah, what's the, uh, what's the course in Houston? Which one's that going to be, like a level one or is that the dash two? That's just the, the regular coach's course. Yeah, we'll do we'll do a dash two sometime late winter, early spring next year. And look at the look at the format for the the coaches course. So we've got two, maybe three seats. Uh, one dude might not be able to make it, so we've got two seats left for this one, and that'll put us at that even hundred mark. Excuse me for the coaches, and that's always been the goal for the course is to personally help a hundred coaches, and then we'll we'll figure out the future of the coaching uh, course or the coaches course and all that stuff that goes with it once we wrap this Houston one up for the, for the long term, So that'll um, make it an even a hundred, one hundred, uh, like yeah, if, we get these last, yeah, if we get these last two seats, we'll do, it'll be a hundred people have been through the in-person coaches course. And then we'll start figuring out the big picture plan for this. So that's always been kind of our proof of concept. If you can impact a hundred folks, um, those hundred folks for the course of almost two years now, They've been a lot of them have been up to some really good stuff. Not not under the banner. That's not the way to do it. But the the pieces of conjugate tactical that we've added to their toolbox, if you want to call it that, or at least their coaching arsenal, um, they're up to all the good work. And that's always been the goal is to help a hundred coaches. We're, if we cross that mark, we'll figure out the future of that so that those hundred folks um, they have our best. So we want to call it supporting role. They'll have our best efforts from HQ versus blasting it out to everybody and you know trying to be the greatest thing for six months and then disappear. You know we're we're kind of in it for the long haul. And, uh, I think the only way to do that is to take care of the folks that come through the course. And after a hundred, we got to just sit there and do some like anything else, a whiteboard session and, and figure out what the hell it is we do with the public side of coaching, so that we don't do anything to negatively impact uh, the first hundred. You know, and that's I don't know, probably the worst business idea on the planet, but it seems to make sense for us. Ah, man, it makes sense for the people that are involved, because I know being involved in some other systems before, it was the uh, kind of like got so watered down by the the want to grow to like to mm -hmm. be this huge thing instead of like kind of taking care of the originals and then kind of rooting down almost like a tree down from there. I think I think you're onto something, man. Yeah. So far, you're onto something. This has been actually obviously going great for you, even despite like you know travel restrictions and all these things. So, yeah, it's 
I don't know who's been restricted for travel. I know you guys have, but so this COVID thing, man, that was that that was our kind of our of course our breakout time is in the middle of a global pandemic. But I've traveled more since the shutdown started till well, I'm in a little like maybe a four to five week lull. But in the last 18 months or however long it's been to slow the spread, um, uh, this is more travel than I've ever done in my life. So it could be worse for sure. But um, yeah, you, you mentioned kind of that the idea to get huge. I don't want to be global. Like I know, I know a lot of folks that are going for that like tallest mountain in the in the you know world, whatever you want to call it. And I I have no appeal there. I'm maxed out on on stress and work. I got nothing. You know, I'm at my limit, and I can't fathom going bigger than we are now. And you know, the someone in our on our 100 right now we're at 74. So someone in this first 74 or this first 100, they'll be that breakout. And if we have had a small positive um, impact on them going into some crazy realm with it, then awesome. That's always been the goal because uh, the public side is the coaches course, everything, like we said in the very beginning, the whole reason for doing it was strictly for demand. Um, we built our work on the, the quote unquote, the private side um, that we do internally, or I do internally, you know, we don't really have a, a permanent staff by any means, but myself and the contractors we bring in, um, we built our work and there's more out there. And if we can help folks get work, support their families and not necessarily guide them because I'm definitely not a, a guru in that department, but give them the tools to, to take that ball and run with it and build themselves something nice. Um, that, that's the way we've got to do it, man. And I, I, I can't fathom of the 74 folks that have been through, we're probably in contact at least monthly with 75% of them. And, uh, like they're up to some cool stuff and they'll be the ones that do something on a global scale for sure. Yeah. Someone, so, someone. I mean, yeah, if you look at it just from our gym alone, like, like one of 74, right. I mean, I guess I got five of us in mm -hmm. my, my thing, but it started with me and kind of branched down to these other guys. And then it's branched down to, you know, 200 and something uh, members, right. It's like basically general pop, a lot of first responders, but mostly just like general pop. Your your uh, your moms and dads and that are benefiting from the training we've taken with you guys. What is the focus of your training right now? What have you been doing, man? I haven't seen uh, too many training posts. I've been trying to take it easy on Instagram though, so I haven't. Been uh, you and you and me both, man. Now is not a now is not a good time to be on the internet. The last several months, um, <laughs> you know, if you want to do, like, I mean, my version of a good mood is probably not on par with. A, you know, a bright, shiny Canadian smile. <laughs> there, there it is. Look at that <laughs> yeah. But my version of being in a good mood is impossible to maintain on the internet right now. So I'm right there with you. I, you know, I go on there and tinker and whatnot here and there. But yeah, as far as like current training goals, dude, I, like I said, I haven't played the old man card officially just yet, but we're getting, we got that thing chambered for when it needs to fall. But it, right now, it, it, there's just been so much travel and, you know, coming back from travel or with travel on the horizon, it's hard to to really maintain uh, not necessarily high level of intensity, but it's just juice versus squeeze, like we always say on anything. And like one of my rules has always been like after a long flight or a long drive, my max effort Monday is an impromptu deload. So you know, for the first seven months of this year, it's been two three trips a month. It seems like so there's not a lot there other than you know, built. I'm still training heavy and smart and whatnot, but um to just roll the dice at 38 years old now um every single workout is it's a little bit more tame than it was 10 years ago to say the least 
So a lot of it's just maintaining and, and getting a little bit more relative strength going. So take some some body weight off or keep it off and still try to preserve the strength. But um, these last couple of weeks being home have been nice because we're able to get a little bit more time in the weight room, a little bit more focus on the recovery. Because even though you know some of the restaurants and stuff down there in DC, it's great food. It's still restaurant food and it's not you know home cooking and all that stuff. So what little recovery I do get is, has been impacted with all the travel and just the circumstances of living in hotels and stuff. But other than that, it's just, it's maintaining, you know, still throw some kettlebells around and roughhouse with a couple of the guys and do our version of lifting heavy. So more of the same, but just, I'd say we're, we're probably about an 80% effort in the grand scheme of things, just to kind of stay in that holding pattern. So I don't want to show up to a a workshop or a seminar and I'm unable to stand up because I'm being stubborn and pulling my back out. And I know the surefire way to hurt my back and whatnot is right after a long week of travel, start pulling heavy. So just a little bit of a holding pattern and maintaining health. Yeah. So I want to bounce this by you because this is kind of how the grudge has gone. So, uh, you know, we were going hard with the uh, kind of the West Side Tactical, like our, our bastardized version of what we learned with you guys. And it really was a unit was getting, we were getting great results. Then we went into these lockdowns. People didn't have heavy weights and really like lost a lot, you know, a lot of their technique, a lot of their practice with the barbell and their, and you know, novice people. It's a lot of our members were novice with some of those barbell movements that we're really just starting to really get good at. And you just don't I'm have still, the reps. I'm under still there. in that category. Yeah. You know what? Me too. <laughs> me too. But like, they just have the reps under there too, you know? So yeah. when we came back, I kind of, uh, I've gone with a, bodybuilding type of uh a programming for like the last uh i think we're on a 12th week right now and mm. just to like try to put some muscle on people so that i could now when we get back to that barbell i just feel like people are going to be able to hold up their posture and stuff and movements a little more do you ever kind of like stray in that regard or just like also it was kind of just like just felt good to kind of get out of lifting those those heavy lifts like still you know we're still deadlifting bench pressing and squatting of course it's always be part of our programming but we've been messing around with like four sets of 12 or eight, you know, eight sets of three, which I know is common for you, but we've kind of like topped out that, that little, the maximal strength. We've kind mm -hmm. of switched that out just a little bit. Yeah. I mean, you're still going to get stronger if you're lifting heavy. Like that's one of, not necessarily a misconception, but like if you, you're, you're going to get strong if you lift systematically heavier weights, you're just not going to get the strongest if you don't have the true application of the maximal effort method meaning, you know, build to a one rep max for the day. Um, if you're not hitting that absolute heavy single for the day, you're not going to get that box checked. But if you're lifting, you know, a double or a triple at 90-ish percent, you're still going to get plenty damn strong. And it's really one of the best things to do, whether you're shifting gears to start training this way or just getting back in the groove of training to, to take a little bit of time and do not necessarily an on-ramp because that term's been beat to death, but have a little bit of, of like an adaptation phase. Like when you introduce a, a, a fish into a new into a fish tank, you gotta let the water acclimate before you dump them in there or you just get shocked and dies. Um, coming back out from several months of shutdown where it's volume, calisthenics and cardio, you know, maybe some kettlebell work, pair of dumbbells at best um, to spend several weeks just reacclimating to the barbell, get toward, towards the top of the force velocity curve, but not the absolute pinnacle, um, not only for safety and just, you know, general physical well-being. I think it's good for the mental too, and that you're not going to sit there and yeah, you went from a 500 pound squatter to a 350 because you haven't squatted heavy in three months. 
and then all this crazy stuff that everyone's having to deal with um, to not necessarily shield them because these are grown. I've met your members; they're grown men and women, but um, to shield them, for lack of a better term, from that experience, which is inevitable, is a is a good thing for the mental, and then also keeping the nervous system CNS on track by just no max effort to all the max effort is probably not the best idea. So to have a few months of of you know easing your feet back into the water versus jumping in head first, I think is the practical way to do it. And it's also gonna give you more reps to practice so that you, you get your groove back and you remember how to squat bench and deadlift. And uh, you know, there's even for a bunch of dumb lifts compared to the Olympic lifts, there's still a hell of a lot going on in those three. And uh, you gotta relearn them under load. You know, you can air squat all day looking great. And then when you put 315 on your back, you know, it's it's gonna get different. So you gotta go through those motions for sure. Yeah, we really tried to like hammer home the like the basics, the basics with the like all the goblet squats and stuff we were doing mm -hmm. before, like just to like really try to get the posture up and all those kind of things. It really seemed to benefit us. And it's been real, it's been kind of nice, like from a, a bro standpoint to uh to slide over and be looking at like uh those different the you know, not the the old school uh splits that I used to do. It's just been fun. It's just been a I like creating positive association with exercise is always huge, right? So, uh, you know, sometimes you can you can get just into one method. It's been nice to just switch out and do some like, you know, I'm doing chest and back and, and things like that. It just really gets me looking forward to the gym. But September, we'll be hitting back into uh, more of a powerlifting, you know, look a look of a powerlifting, a, a GPP powerlifting type program that like you kind of uh, profess with, uh, with Westside Tactical. So, that being said, usually September is when we start our strength squad work because we're <laughs> prepping for the big uh, December lift. Yeah, hopefully, I, hopefully you guys it, can make it down for it. Yeah, hopefully man. Fuck. Like, I, I, I want to be there so bad. I guess we could drive to Toronto, Toronto, fly into in Chicago. I think, think like that cost me a couple more bucks than it normally does to get my, my drive in to see your face. But yeah. is, is, there, is that look like that's all going to be a go? Yeah, as long as as long as there's no show. The reason we didn't do it last, like things were opening up last year, but so many folks were. Like, I mean, myself included. I don't know shit, but everyone, no one really knows what's going on last year. If you think about it, now it's laughable is not the right word, but this thing, the 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 uncertainty is gone. Now it's just weather, the storm, or war of attrition, whatever the hell you want to call it. Um, but it wasn't fair last year to just be stubborn because all the people that come out is what makes the event. And all the people that want to come out can't or won't come out. And that's not passing judgment. Like, you know, we've, we've talked off the record and, you know, buddies talking about the COVID thing and I'm not going on anywhere on the internet to talk about how I feel about COVID and stuff. That seems like our surefire way to get a lot of mean <laughs> things said to you, but you know, all the folks that want to come out either can't or wouldn't uh, due to travel or personal reasons, all of which are fully supportable. And we're not going to have a subpar event for what we try and do for the day. Um, we're not going to have a subpar event just for the sake of being stubborn and, you know, no one's going to tell us what to do. We can't do that to the folks that, I don't know how you say it, the folks that that really, really want to be here that can't, uh, we're not going to take the event away from them just for the sake of being stubborn. And at the same time, we're not going to put on, simultaneously put on a subpar event and screw around the idea of supporting veterans um, just to say, you know, the you can't tell me what to do kind of thing so the smart thing last year was to put a put it in a holding pattern and then we'll just do 
I don't know, we'll do a double this year. So everyone gets six attempts or something, but <laughs> as, as, as long as they don't shut things down again and all that crazy stuff, um, we'll have an event and just like, we'll do the, the same thing we've always done and try and bring everyone over and, and make a good, good morning out of it and then give a bunch of free stuff away. Oh man, Which, if it's on, it's on. Either way, we will get it done. Like we will, we'll satellite from here if we have to mm -hmm. run my own, uh, run my own event. I got the bar. I got the platform yeah. now. I'm ready. Yeah, you guys got almost got me murdered the year you won the bar. <laughs> all, the, all the conspiracy theorists came out. This is, we both still had time to come up with new conspiracies back then, but yeah, like, oh, real convenient. Your friends from Canada win the bar bell. I'm like, I. Oh, damn it. <laughs> you can't win at that event, man, because every single no. guy there, guy and girl there is like your friend. So it's like, oh, that guy won the Yeti. I know that guy. He was here last yeah. time. Hey, you know, well, yeah, that's why I started having my son draw the tickets. You're going to yell at a toddler who picked the ticket out? Come on. <laughs> oh, some of those guys might. Some of them might. Yeah. <laughs> but it's all a good fun. Hey, so let's uh, let's talk about that veteran thing a little bit, man, if you don't mind. like, I feel like a lot of my audience is Canada, and uh, we don't really – we don't really get the whole war thing a lot of times or what's going on. And I know this means a ton to you. And the more I read, the more I'm kind of just blown away by some of the decision-making and stuff. And I don't know how much you want to talk about this. You, I'll let you run the show. You did spend some time in Afghanistan, right? Like, yeah, yeah I was there for anybody from, who hasn't heard you. Yeah. From about Halloween 05 to Halloween 06 is when I was there somewhere around there. So fall to fall, basically. And your what was your, like the role of you, but more, even more so like the role of like that point in time of, that you were there. Like, what was the role of the you know the whole involvement of the U.S. military? And so I don't at the at the time I don't know the big picture. This was this was four years into the war ish, so it was still like basically find guys and shoot guns at each other. But I had gone over. I was I was late to the show at the time because I had joined prior to nine eleven. Uh, I joined on my 18th birthday as an artilleryman in the Marines and just, you, they kind of float you around until they need to send somebody off to boot camp like anything else, sales and quotas. And um, then 9-11 happened and it was like kind of scramble, go, no, you're going to, you know, so I ended up leaving for boot camp in December of 01 and then got to the fleet spring in 02. And it was all, you know, everything was full bore and people were shuttling out the door. So I actually didn't get overseas i had to find something to volunteer to to get to overseas because we were still a normal you know i'm not gonna call it peacetime but we were a normal rotation for stuff that's set for years on end and like i said i wasn't a soft dude or anything like that just goofy artillery guy got really good at trigonometry so i could shoot cannons um and then they had come down with the embedded advisors and training teams and whatnot so when i went over it was a volunteer team of all kinds of different marines and we had you know, grunts, corpsmen, engineers. We had a, a motor T guy, a couple of artillery dudes, um, some motor T's like the, the truck driver dudes and stuff. They're all, you know, they're really good at mechanics and things. So that place definitely took a toll on vehicles. So that was an asset and a half. And uh, our, our job back then was we were still standing up the Afghan National Army. So we worked hand in hand with a lot of cool guy units out in, you know, Indian country for lack of a better term. So our whole role was to just do stuff with Afghans. So if we had like one of the cool guy missions with ball caps and beards, awesome. But we still needed the what would hopefully become the future of the Afghan military and police. 
um, to be a part of it. So the, the, the idea back then, I believe, and I was 22, 23 years old at the time. So definitely didn't know what was going on. And uh, our goal was to build these essentially regional versions of the Afghan National Army with what we had. So when we were still finding caches of weapons and like outfitting our dudes with like, here's an AK, like here's a few magazines. That's cool. Like, all right, everybody's got guns now. So it was definitely pre-NATO and good equipment for these dudes. And um, so we shared, you know, let them carry our, our optics and, and stuff so they could have that and we'd carry AKs and, you know, like some team building stuff. But that was our whole role was to help stand up portions of the Afghan National Army and the, the border security down there in the Southeast of the country. And uh, then just go do do stuff. So you get in the mountains and walk around and support or go do various human aid things in the villages or, you know, then there's all the unfun stuff of like things exploding and all that stuff, you know, plenty of that happened. But I mean, my, my whole year there could probably boil down to some dude's afternoon, you know, so I, I definitely didn't have it the worst out of a lot of people, but that was, that was pretty much my role then. And I think a big picture role was to still get, not necessarily control the country, but get some, some plan together at the time and simultaneous try and get some bad guys out of the picture. And that was it, but you know, see what yeah. happened. So now years later, the US has been in there and decides when, like they, did they decide to pull out? Is that just recently that this has all kind of come to effect like that the Taliban is trying to take back over and you know, what's your, what's your take on that? And just maybe give me, educate me on kind of what the situation is over there right now. That's I've been, causing I've been such pretty de- yeah, pretty detached from all of it for 15 years. I came home and, uh, you know, the fall of 06. So I, 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 and then I left the Marines in the spring of 07, February 07 is when I got out. So fun, fun chapter in the book, but um, definitely tried not to, to stay, you know, too 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 attached to it to try and get the you know things moving in the right direction afterward but um as far as big picture goes it's it's an it's a bad circumstance we stayed you know still there then there was a a long-term plan like we turned a corner i truly believe and then we turned that corner there's still a long long road and then someone somewhere for some reason decided to expedite the the full eggs of the country draw down everything we did to support and we left a, a whole bunch of poor people there to fend for themselves against a, a lot of bad dudes. And uh, I personally believe we've done so irresponsibly. And there's there's some reason behind it. I have you, you know me quite well. Like I'm not a big politics fan or that, but there's definitely a, a nefarious reason behind doing so. And for better or worse, the, at the end of the day, we've left you know hundreds of thousands of women and children to be. Uh, what do you want to call it? Oppressed, tortured, beaten. Like it's, we it, things are bad there. They're they're really really bad, really really fast. And I don't I don't know the right answers by any means, but I know that this was probably the wrong one. So. Yeah, I mean, I'm reading it and lots of like the guys. You know what? I didn't I didn't really know any of these military. Am I freezing up on you? There we go. Think so. I think the uh, the bat guy is uh, maybe fucking with my internet here. Yeah. <laughs> so I've been, I mean, you know, and talking to some of the guys and, and reading their posts and, and stuff, mostly people that I've met through you or the network of people with you. Mm-hmm. 
it's just uh it, it's it's kind of disgusting to think that that's what's happening and and the the bailing on these you know kind of on the afghan community which i, I didn't realize i guess until i started reading into this stuff is how much and you it's people think maybe you and i talk about this behind the scenes but we one thing you and i rarely talk about together is policing and and military like it's like very very like those kind of like shelves that our lives are are gone. We always talk about like kind of the present and the family and, and training and business and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But I, I just didn't realize how much you guys work hand in hand in the relationships and, and feelings that you probably have towards these Afghan people. That's just part of the part of the military that I think like an average person like me, a, a Canadian who, you know, isn't involved or even like a, an American citizen who doesn't go over there realize it's happening and i did i did not know that, that you guys built those kind of relationships and you're building up the police services and you're building up the military and, and making it so that they can stand on their own two feet at one day right yeah it's i mean it's it's a multi-generated i when we got there within a month personally within a month it, the writing's on the wall this is not going to be fast but again i mean perfect timing like being a complete jocko nerd um he mentioned it in the book about the dis, not disdain, but there was a bad taste in a lot of dudes' mouths about having out locals with them in the country those guys were in. And I didn't go to Iraq or anything like that, so I don't know anything about that. Um, but working with local forces and the bad taste can put you out in your mouth. And again, I proudly hang my hat on, I was an amateur at war fighting to say the least, um, but gave it a best shot. But, um, you know, the, the, the pushback on working with local forces I totally get it. And they're definitely, you're bringing, as an amateur myself, bringing, you know, subpar warfighters to the war and it's bad. But in that book, uh, Extreme Ownership, they talk about the locals, like, you know, if we don't build it up, then we're going to be here and then your sons are going to have to come do this work. So figure it out and, you know, start making it better now. And I mean, that's a synopsis or at least my interpretation of it. And that made a lot of sense. And obviously in 04, 05, I had not yet read these books nor were they written. But um, in hindsight, that's kind of what we did is like everyone just adds a little bit to it and hopefully it gets better. But it's 60, 70, 80 years before any sort of real impact would have been made. And uh, we just, you know, we, we nixed it for whatever reason it was nixed. And, uh, you know, it, the fallout is bad like this. You're never going to never going to end this stuff. And we got ourselves in it. It's, you know, kind of like talking to Eddie, like. You may not, when these guys go in there and fight each other in the cage, like you might hit a point where it's like, "Ah, I don't want to do this anymore, but tough shit. The door's locked. You know, Um, I don't disagree with, you know, not wanting to do it anymore or anything like that, but fucking whole lot of people are depending on a whole lot of people to keep them well and and just run that time out and and God willing someday get it on its own two feet. But we definitely, uh, we definitely nixed that plan quickly. And um, just how politically charged everything is down here, um, there's there's just no fucking good answer on any of it, man, for anything. Um, so, like with our with our local relationships, admittedly, I, some of our guys kept in touch with these dudes, like our interpreters and stuff, via social media and email for 15 years. And said so for me, the the right choice was to pretty much just close that whole chapter. Not to the guy, I still talk to some of the guys and stuff regularly. Um, just kind of like an annual check-in and, and with this stuff I've spoken to more of the guys in the last two weeks than I have in the last 15 years you know but um, it's it's just it's it's too too everything down here is too polarized too personalized for to, there to be any intelligent discussion on it and 
there's there's just it's a it's a lose lose and it, at the end of the day no matter how you feel about it the, the downside whether bringing the guys home quickly was the right call continuing the the small presence was the right call i i'm not important enough or educated enough to know the right answer there but the the matter of fact is there's hundreds of thousands of people that whoever whoever survives this first round of executions and murders um whoever's left after this uh new new set of circumstances whoever's left is going to live a life of absolute misery and um for better or worse the events of the last couple of weeks are the catalyst for that but what can you fucking do man i don't know being a being a dad i know this is uh it's just with me right now the way of the world and like the distrust i, I know canadian people are not people who really distrust our government and that that's where it's gone for us, and I, I don't, you know, me, I don't, I haven't spoke about COVID. I, I don't get on. Like, I obviously I have discussions with my wife and my friends about things, but I, I really try to not chime in on my opinion on anything other than I don't think they should be closing businesses and, and trying to take away our livelihood. But like, uh, just, I'm just so sick of like, do you get the vaccine? Don't get the vaccine. The, the one side saying it's going to, you know, it's this one side saying it's this. I, I have no idea what the truth is anymore. I have no idea what the truth is when I open the news to like, you know, like researching kind of some of this stuff for today. Like, you know, I'm reading like the Taliban was created by uh, funded by the Americans to fight the Soviets. And now, you know, and then it turned into this monster and now it's coming back this way. And then you do, I just it's a it's a tough world to even I'm, I'm disgusted by it I guess I'm disgusted by everything that's going on it's it's exhausting from uh to try to stay positive yet do your uh you know do your job and hopefully hopefully like if we're supposed to leave everything like the goal in the world is always for me is always to leave everything better than you started it and I think you just got yeah. focusing on my own if we all just clean our what's that saying it's the old proverb I guess if everybody cleans their own doorstep, the world would be a pretty clean space. Or swept their own doorstep, you know, step, the world would be a clean space. But I don't know. I don't know, man. I, I'm exhausted. That might be a, that might be a Canadian proverb. I've never heard that one, buddy. Well, I just <laughs> taught you something. I read it in a book. All right, guys. I read it yeah. in a book. <laughs> but yeah, I, that's that's the part for me. And I, my heart goes out to you and your friends. That you know, I know it means a lot to you guys, especially you know, yeah. losing people there and and relationships you made, and then to have this happening. So. Uh, heart goes out to you and we i support you from here that matters to anything but you timed out there for just a second but i'm sorry yeah we're having some internet issues today don't usually have that we good now oh, yeah. yeah uh can you can, am i still coming through yeah you're coming through okay hang on one second i'm not sure Well, a little bit of break in the action with Gus when he gets his phone going. So just a reminder that uh, 10,000, so 10,000 companies now in Canada, they make the greatest shorts I've ever put on. I love their shirts too, but their shorts are to die for. So if anybody wants those, go to their website. There's an affiliate link in my link, affiliate link in my uh, bio, and you can uh, get use code SMITH15, capital S-M-I-T-H 15, to get 15% off your order. You back, Gus? You still froze. Yeah, I, I think the Wi-Fi is all fuckered up, so I just turned it off and switched to the data. Hopefully, it comes through a little clear. Yeah, I mean, it's it's a sad series of events, but I mean, we're wired. I think we're wired quite similar in that, like, I I don't want anything to do with discussing politics and people's personal lives and stuff publicly or even privately, for that matter. 
but um, I don't I don't know the right answers on this stuff. I don't know the stuff that's true, that's wrong, that's right, that's real. Who effing knows? It's gotten so freaking crazy. But um, outside of you know my little bubble down here at the at the former gym in my house and and the folks around the country, you know, even it's 2021. So even though everyone's geographically different, I consider it's pretty easy to maintain a pretty close friendship or like a, what would be the equivalent of a local friendship 20 years ago, you know, we're four hours from one another, but we can reach out at any damn time and you, you know, get a visual and audio going. It's pretty simple. So outside of our close little web, um, like I don't know anything about big picture politics. Don't want to. Um, the main thing is just, I don't want to, I just don't want to be a rude person. I mean, my, for the last couple of years, I've really shifted my thinking as like my goal in life is to not treat people the way I get treated. So um, to vilify someone for wearing a mask, like you're not going to get me riled up on on stuff to go out there and say mean shit to someone because they feel like wearing a mask is the right idea for them and their family. And if you want to get vaccinated, cool. There's vaccines. If you don't, that's fine. I, I don't I don't know the right answer. I know the wrong answer is trying to shove your agenda down a bunch of people's throats and making uh, already volatile, at least in our country, an already volatile country, even worse by just adding even a slight amount of fuel to that fire. And ultimately, if you let people live their lives as they see fit, go to work and serve some sort of a purpose, um, things are pretty simple. But I think I think we've gotten pretty far away from that. And um, it's really unfortunate. Like you mentioned, the dad thing, um, shit, Jake's five years old now and some change. And it's, I, it's, it's hard enough to raise a kid in our version of crazy right now. And that's, I think that's really where, at least for our generation of, of warfighter that went over now, it's at least for me, that's what weighs on me the most is like, like raising a kid with, you know, the weird shit that goes on. Like, oh, you know, you just, you're not allowed to go to work. I'm like, okay, well, good luck taking care of your family. That sucks. It's illegal to earn a living. Like that's terribly unfortunate. Um, but you can make do it's at the, the physical dangers in North America are not on par with that over there. And I think that's what probably, at least for myself, weighs the most is, is being like, I don't know the right answer, but the wrong answer is to, to leave folks to fend for themselves who physically can't. And that's, that's what makes it sad. And then we start equating it to what's going on over here. So ultimately just a bunch of people probably just wanna take care of their families and keep to themselves. And for one reason or another, the powers that be just won't let that happen. And that's when you start getting people that get, you know, you start getting really fuckered up with some of this stuff. Um, and, you know, we got, we got opened up pretty quick in hindsight down here, but you guys, I mean, every, what, six weeks, like, hey, maybe we're going to close your whole livelihoods down again. Don't know. Check back in with you soon. Like, that's just that you just don't do that to freaking people, man, and, and expect everything to come out on the other side the same. When you, you know, you talk about the distrust and, and things like that, it's, it really can, it can send you down a rabbit hole pretty quick. And like, that's, that's always been my thing is to not, I try not to dwell on, you learn from the past and draw a lot of great experience, but uh, trying not to dwell on it, you know, that's, that's where I think a lot of folks get themselves not necessarily in trouble. That's not the right, that's not the right phrase, but things usually don't go well when you start getting inside your own thoughts too much. And when you're not allowed to freaking go to work, you got nothing but time. Like that's, that's not a good recipe for a long-term plan by any means, you know? Yeah, man. Can't agree more. So we should like hit the trifecta. We've talked COVID. We've talked politics. No, we have, should we, we talk? have not talked COVID or politics. That's our should, rules. Never talk politics. Should we talk religion now? Maybe. Yeah. yeah. 
nope, nope. <laughs> sexuality. What else? What else? Nope. My, you know, <laughs> my stance on my stance on everything is, you know, let it, the everything as you see fit, and just try not to be a dick to people. <laughs> all right, all right. Let's let's give them something good. Like, I got a couple yeah, of questions for there's you. There's still so, plenty of good out there too. Couple of training questions to end this show off. I know both of us got things we wanted to just shoot. Uh, I thought this was just a good way for you and I to catch up. Is just shoot a quick one. And this has been nice. Yeah. So, okay. Uh, bench press. Let's talk bench press. So, top go to. So, I know this could be very individualized to people, but just for you, top two accessory movements to increase your bench press. If you were going to name two, rolling triceps with heavy dumbbells and oh, yeah. close grip close grip bench press to a two or three board for the triceps and then for the upper back chest supported rows that's that's pretty much everything that i live on yeah staples here for me at the garage gym too i never did rolling uh tries with something i brand new i learned from you fucking love those i've been doing it on the floor lately a lot i find it's like kind of mm -hmm. like for you know we talk about the old guy rules i got four years on you i find that that's really uh relieves a little bit of the pressure that i've been feeling if i reach back you know sometimes you go heavy you reach yeah. back a little bit too far but finding mm -hmm. those and uh when you uh do you do close grip do you do a lot of football bar in the close grip or you just stick with the, the regular bar a lot well they they rotate i mean if you look at the end of the year at least in here and i'm not speaking for anybody else but at least for in here like if you balance the workouts out we're probably on a football bar or a straight bar equal amounts um but for both you know accessories on max effort main movement on max effort and dynamic work it probably averages out to about the same and i think just like anything else you know we we side skirted the politics stuff but the answer is always in the middle somewhere versus being all in on any one subject or any one side because then you, everything's going to hit that point of diminishing returns so if you're always on a football bar the the shoulders and the upper back are going to get turned off and if you're always on a straight bar you're going to wear the shoulders out and yeah uh, you know you so balance it all out and for us usually a, a three-week wave for dynamic day on a straight bar followed by a three-week wave on a football bar or some you know some sort of specialty bar and football bars are go-to in here um so for some of our for ourselves like our, our gpp myself included you know essentially a strength-based or a strength-biased gpp program um that's a pretty good flip-flop for our competitive benchers and the guys in here that compete in powerlifting, uh, we've got to get them on bow bars and things a little bit more personalized for them. But um, we get that bow bar in there on occasion for max effort or for like a heavy double. Usually, like usually we we'll go about a heavy double or triple on the uh, bow bar for a not necessarily deload, but a, a heavy effort, just not a true max, and all all that kind of stuff balances out. But I, I think personally that by the end of the year, you're probably going to spend almost equal parts of time on each bar. But that's the those are those are probably the go-tos that at least when someone in here starts with us or kind of shifts gears to training this way, um, get them on some combination of those exercises and bars, and you're gonna move forward almost 10 out of 10 times, I would say. And then just as you mentioned, it gets personalized. The more advanced you become, you folks really learn more about how they need to move versus just reading from the script. And you can start tweaking exercises and deviating from kind of the 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 zero on any any one exercise you can kind of deviate from that and start making a little bit more individualized as you learn what was a good idea what was a bad idea but like anything else it just it just takes time you've got to all this stuff is is the process of elimination troubleshooting and and basically damage control you know all you're ever doing is correcting weakness with special exercise and then until it's proven 
in application, it's all just theoretical. So the more time you have in the, in, not necessarily in the game, that's not what you say, the more time you have training or coaching, um, it's just more of a chance to disprove good ideas and then sharpen up ones that were, you know, of substance. And for us, rolling triceps and keeping the form where it should be, rolling triceps seem to be the go-to for almost all that ails you. And then close grip bench, I think is just a good way to get more reps in. Because if you live on just like anything else, you do too much isolation, you lose the coordination and the, the, the pathways for barbell work. And if you live on only barbells, then you're, you're forfeiting the chance to do the isolation work that's gonna strengthen the weak link in the muscle chain or the chain of muscle. And you've got to just balance everything out. And the, for, for better or worse, the West Side template has always made sense to me. And then the more we've dove into that world, the more you learn how to cut, paste, apply, do all this stuff for the individual based off of weakness, you know, athletic demand or whatever the hell it is. And it, all, it, it just becomes repeat, 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 repeat. And I don't mean that condescendingly, but the, the, the theory of which becomes very, very easy once you understand it and you get it right you know, right. Once you make progress a handful of times for folks, it helps build the confidence and behind the decision-making and uh, the the ones you go back to, if they worked for four or five folks, they're probably going to work for the next four or five folks as well. Right. For a while. And then it's just, and then it's just the, like, for me, I can't, I can't remote program well for individuals. We can do the basic program on like, we've been doing that for three years on the conjugate club for Westside Barbell. Um, but that's a template. And then the culture we've tried to build, is to get rid of anything that doesn't serve a purpose. There's 70 something coaches out now that can help you on either a local or a, a remote level. You know, because like we, I know we've sent some remote opportunities up to you guys. Like, I don't, I don't want the goal here you know, when we first really started talking is not to stack up bodies via a coaching course because it's a weekend together. It's to share the what we built. You know, if this is interesting to you, here's everything we've said since 2012 as being a part of west side maybe 13 still don't know um so call it 2013 here's everything we've said as being a part of west side barbell and dating back to 09 when we opened our shop 2008 we were still figuring out what the hell to do with the health club 07 was you know just trying just trying to figure anything out whatsoever so here's uh cliff's notes of the last 15 plus years ish um to help you with that but the goal has never been to just stack up bodies to stand on and try and become a public figure or any of this silly stuff. It's just straight up like I'm maxed out on work. Here's what we've done. Here's the good ideas. We'll sidebar the bad ideas and try and save you the heartache and, and cash along the way and build this whole thing up. So um, like with the idea of remote programming, we, we send that work when the inquiries come in outside of the basic program to someone who specializes in it because I sure as hell don't. Um, I can help a couple of people for fun. Um, that are going to forgive me if I'm a day late on their programming. Uh, stuff you've like helped that. me. You've helped me. But, that was a couple of times I had a shoot yeah. message. Like, hey. But yeah, <laughs> man, I, I don't know. I feel like uh, those, you hit two big ones there. And then obviously the the last one that you kind of just mentioned in passing was the uh, chest supported rows. I feel yeah. like if there's one thing I've learned through my own training, you know, I've been lifting for oof, since I was 13, I'm 42. So I've been lifting a while. Is that if you get your back stronger, the metric, and your the metric, stronger. The metric system though? Uh, yeah. That's 13 in America years. What is it in metric? <laughs> yeah. Like just triceps, triceps <laughs> and rows, man. Triceps yep. and rows. I, I feel like if you're at the gym, like, you know, you talk about a below day on a day where I'm not feeling great, chest supported row stays on my back and, and like on mm -hmm. my lumbar. 
and then oh, yeah. get that upper back strong. It, I feel like there's never a wrong, never a wrong time to throw in a chest supported row for the most part. It's, <laughs> it's kind of in my thing and, and tricep push down, simple things like that, that are oh, yeah. something you can do almost anywhere, anytime and chest supported row too. Like, you know, with uh, people who are trained at home, you don't need a ton of weight to make that super effective. You can mess with your width and your, your tempo, mm -hmm. all that stuff and be very, very effective. Or even just a TRX, you know, a TRX system or suspension system on those rows. Those are torture. We've been doing a yeah. series of plank pulls lately just with the bar pulling up on it. And man, those are, you think you're going to bang out 12 there at like a good <laughs> tempo and you're dying. Oh yeah. So well, that's what, like we were saying, like, I, I can do pretty well for people in person whether it's at my, you know, my former gym or when we travel around the country to do some of the stuff for different groups, I can, I can help people in person pretty well because this is the, the methodology. This is all we've done since 2009. The first time I went to Westside, this is how we've trained. So we're not building world champions in powerlifting, but that's not the goal. We figured out a pretty good, you know, for a square hole, we built a square peg. We have the blessing from the powers that be to go do it um, as far as the work goes. But getting the, these things in line, getting training organized for folks, that's, I feel like I'm pretty okay in person because the objective is to, to help our folks like, and get them better. Be it a coach or an athlete or a member, whatever it is, we can get you better by following the, the, the parameters of the system or the methods and then turn you loose. And that's the, where the exercises come in. And, and it's nice here. We've got tremendous equipment in the gym. We've got a shitty gym, but it's filled with awesome equipment. And um, you know, that's cool to get the, that done in person here, but it's not fair to program and, and do something if that's, if that equipment doesn't exist, you don't have a personal understanding of what these folks are training on around the country or wherever you're working with them. And uh, that's those are the ones, the chest supported rows, as far as taking over the back, because you've also, you've got to build a low backup and the glutes tremendously to be able to safely do bent over rows without getting any bad, bad juju going. And I think popping people on it, even if it's a utility bench and doing that seal row or a, a 45 degree bench and, and putting them over there just to take the pressure off the low back until it gets strong. Um, you row on and get the back online and then piggyback a couple of, of pretty highly, highly probable successful tricep exercises that should shoot the bench up pretty quick. And if you're educating your folks all along the way, um, you can render yourself useless pretty darn quick, which has always been our goal is to stop answering questions ASAP and get people self-sufficient. And that that's, again, probably the worst idea when it comes to building some sort of training business, but it, it works for us. And then to, to piggyback and really try and help the coaches, if, even if it's just a simple, like, hey man, have your folks slide their hands here. Or if you need to borrow a barbell, you need to do some of this stuff, but I can't do it personally, just my personality. I can't do it for 10,000 strangers remote programming. Um, I can do it for a handful of folks in person. And then when we travel and check in several times a year with our accounts, um, I can do that pretty well and then hand the keys over and ho hopefully empower folks to do better. Um, better is not the right word, but hopefully empower folks to do um, their thing with just a little, a little assistance from us and do so kind of transparently without, you know, holding, holding that dangling that carrot in front of them of like, you know, okay, we might make you a part of this. You, right, and I right, right. Been, you and I have both been down different roads where there's um, there's different there's different things that you can do and, and minefields to navigate in this industry. And up front, it's just like I I'd, I'd rather just chill in the gym and help folks 
gets better at a couple aspects of this because we just put the time in. Like you mentioned, you're 42 in Canadian years. I'm 38 in, in standard down here in the U.S. And uh, now it's it's super fun at this chapter in life to dial back the intensity in the weight room on myself because I'm almost 40 myself and then hand some of that effort over to, you know, kids in their mid twenties and stuff that the next generation that's coming up, they still have the energy and full of piss and vinegar to go out there and start the, the slug fests about training and all that stuff. You still got to be, even though we're pretty solemn, somber old men now, you still, still got to have a little bit of pain in the ass in you and the, the up and comers that like, I want to be friends with those dudes because they they're, they're pretty freaking ruthless. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, got it, man. They're fucking you crazy. Got it. <laughs> you got it. I love this Canadian years, American years. I feel like American years is like dog years. Like it's actually you're like older. <laughs> right. to, to really, right. there, hair, there was there was hair here a few years ago, bro. No, it's not. <laughs> I just like talking shit. It's it's a dude. It's it's a fucking dark time for a lot yeah. of folks, and you still got to be able to crack an off an off color joke here and there, and you know even though we're three and a, you're in detroit you're not like i don't know fucking northern maple syrup I, canada i don't know i, I don't know what detroit, it's yet i had to drive three and a half hours yesterday to watch the detroit tigers play so my kids could see their team play all the uh, way to toronto which you thought was in america but yeah. that's besides the point so three and a half hours to go watch the tigers play in the in toronto at the blue jays it was even weird to be in a stadium for us that's the closest thing we've had man but yeah, <laughs> it's but well, uh, we do love you know, me, you know my attention span. Like I saw, oh, I, know I know you live by Detroit. And I know. I, I know your boys like the Tigers. Then you're at a baseball thing. So I'm like, these bitches made it to America. Like you, like why did you not? My thought is like you're just waiting to drive to Chesterton, not do anything with your family or anything like that. So yes, but you know that I maybe I got a little jealous. The there, I'm not afraid yeah. of bringing the family to Chesterton. My boys <laughs> have been in your gym a handful of times. They know who you are. Mr. Oh, yeah. Mr. Jason with all the tattoos, they call you. <laughs> Mr. Jason dudes. with all the tattoos. <laughs> so, man, well, let's call it there. I know you got some things to do. And I, wait, I did pull up this, though. Mother Teresa said, if each of us would only sweep our own doorstep, the whole world would be clean. I told you I butchered it, but I, it was a thing. I knew it existed somewhere. I n- I've never heard that one before. but it Hope has got me reading like a mother effort, man. I'm Bro, coming across all these you. things. You gotta read. You gotta read books, man. That's the way to do it. But I mean, it's it got me reading, but the concussions got me forgetting it all. So it's kind of <laughs> yeah. like a simple balance. I don't know. <laughs> it goes in, and maybe it'll be in there someday. But yeah, I mean, that's that's the way to do it, though, man. And it, it's super hard, though. Like for, I mean, myself included. Like to, if you look at all the stuff going wrong up here that you have no control over, versus that front little, you know, your little sphere of influence or you know your doorstep that you can you can focus on it's hard to keep the two separate and really keep yourself on track but that's what i mean i think i, I you know i'm a big fan of like the bro down and just hopping on the phone with people of value or just whatever just having a good dialogue with good dudes and gals too but you know what i mean like just having i don't care if you got if you're male or female just a bro down's a bro down it transcends gender yeah yeah exactly yeah, but when you, exactly. When you talk to people when you talk to people of value man it gets you it gets you on task and on par real damn quick and uh, you know, it it shuts, it keeps you from getting in that that little dark hole by yourself, where you start fab. There's a lot of shit going wrong on my plate every single day, but uh, you can usually like either compartmentalize it or put it in perspective. Um, but if you don't have communication with folks of of substance, um, that's where I think that 
folks get themselves into a, a, a pretty tough spot on occasion. So that being said, I, you know, even though we had to get a podcast going, use my own tactic against me if I miss you too much. I just, why am I going to be on the Tony podcast? <laughs> that way you got to talk to me, motherfucker. But yeah, I reversed it. I did a reverse ninja. I learned from your move last time because I'm telling so you, buddy, little, little tactics. No, but <laughs> all that stuff, all that stuff's good to go, man. I just, they like said that sweep the sweep your front doorstep. That's a that's a perfect way to say it. But you and I both know, man. He, everybody wants to know what's going on on every other doorstep. Make those oh, doorsteps yeah. looking make those doorsteps look exactly like my doorstep it's just they a, want to make your doorstep look bigger than your doorstep that's the problem oh it's it's a weird <laughs> little world we live in man but what can you do oh man i appreciate you coming on here and make sure you give the family some love from us and uh and of oh, course true. your whole your whole consulting people who stop by to use the showroom let them uh, know that you, that you i haven't forgotten down. about them yep the business answers questions now you can't shut down questions like well, I mean, you right. can't like fuck places all fucked up, but now you, you know, now we're not essential. I don't know what the answer is here, but like I said, man, think of what you want about Elon Musk flying to Mars or whatever. I know billionaires are bad people, whatever, whatever your stance on all this crazy stuff is, but you don't need a permit to dig holes, but you need a permit to dig tunnels. Like that's like, all right, like everything else that guy says is completely above my head. Like I'm way too dumb, but that <laughs> one's like basically. All right, I can't bench press in a gym because it's illegal right now, but now it's not a gym. So I'm I'm hoping it works out because we're we're pretty far gone on it now. <laughs> There's no turning back. So <laughs> go for it. See what happens. All right, man. Good luck. Keep me posted, and I'm sure I'll talk to you uh, ten times this week. All right, brother. I'll talk to you real soon. Later, guys. Thank you. Bye. Yes, sir. Now's the time to do more and be more. 